Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to episode 24 of 2 Minutes 59, Lake County, Illinois' favorite and perhaps only Clash-inspired podcast. I have been um, a bit remiss. I guess I should introduce myself first. My name is David Von Ebers, and I'm your host of this uh, podcast. I've been a bit remiss in terms of recording episodes. Um, I think the last episode I posted was actually three weeks ago, so I apologize for having a couple weeks, taking a couple weeks off. Uh, it's been a very busy time with uh, work. We actually, my wife and I actually have real day jobs, so we can't always find the time to record. I can't always find the time to record this show, and my wife sometimes is also tied up, and we can't record um, the show that we do together, which is called In the Shadow of the Evening Trees. Keep an eye out for that podcast as well. We'll be coming up with a new episode very soon, recording a new episode very soon. But things have been a bit busy. Uh, the summer is moving apace um, in the, the northern, the far northern suburbs, suburbs of Chicago. We've been tied up with a number of things, including um, getting our pool up and running. I know it's late in the season for that. And when I say pool, don't don't uh, don't imagine that we're living uh, like the Beverly Hillbillies with a cement pond in the backyard. This is a fairly modest above-ground pool that we have in our yard, but um, uh, we needed to do some major um, repairs and renovations to the pool, and we finally got those done. And so as soon as we got them done, we, uh, we managed to spend a fair amount of time in the pool. So that's partly why, um, that's not a good excuse, of course, for not recording the show, but that's partly why I haven't been recording as we've been tied up both with getting those repairs done and then also enjoying the fruit of our labors. Well, it wasn't really our labor. We had a professional installer do the bulk of the work, but it involved a lot of time and effort on our part as well. But that's not why you called, as David Letterman likes to say. Um, I had a number of things that I actually wanted to talk about today. Um, I wanted to revisit the Clash EP, uh, The Cost of Living, which came out back around the time uh, that Margaret Thatcher was elected prime minister in Great Britain. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was actually, uh, the, the EP itself was actually released on the day that she was elected, and that was by design. But anyway, I, I had some thoughts about that because I've been listening to it again lately. And uh, it's a little bit lesser known, so I think it's a good idea to, to give that a bit of a boost to the unfamiliar Clash fans out there. Uh, the unfamiliar music fans out there. I also wanted to um, touch base on the controversy surrounding the Jason Aldean song, Try That Small Town, although it obviously does not relate directly to The Clash. Um, I, think it's, um, I think there are some important issues to talk about around that. Um, so I had this sort of list of things that I wanted to talk about and ideas that I wanted to discuss on the show today, or, or for this episode, I should say. And then, unfortunately, yesterday on, on July 26th, we got the terrible news that Sinead O'Connor passed away unexpectedly at the age of 56, and that kind of, you know, that kind of threw me off my stride a bit. Um, I should say, you know, uh, up front that I didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I, uh, I followed her career because she was, you know, pretty prominent for a period of time. Um, 
and I was aware of her, um, and I knew of some of the things that were going on in her life because they would appear on news stories. A few years ago, she she spent some time in Chicago, and there was, you know, her presence here in Chicago was something that that newscasters talked about and people talked about on social media and so forth. So I was sort of aware of some of the things that she was doing and things that were going on in her life. But I didn't, you know, I was not one who bought a bunch of her records and so forth. I, I knew her music. I was familiar with it. Um, there's a radio station here in Chicago that I mentioned before called WXRT that was always a, a very supportive of her music and, and they um, they constantly played, you know, any, any new music that came out of, of Sinead O'Connor, they, they would put it on the air and play it. So I had, I was conscious of her music, um, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily um, collect the records, so to speak, or listen to it a whole lot. I saw an interesting comment by um, Pearl Harbor, uh, the, a woman who played, you know, was from, had a punk background, certainly played with The Clash from time to time, did music with The Clash, and did music with Joe Strummer. And I was thinking about Pearl Harbor, um, in fact, in connection with the topic of um, the Jason Aldean song and country music generally, because she did at least one song with Joe, or one song that Joe wrote that was very much country in nature. But anyway, I'm, I'm distracting myself from the point I was making. But uh, Pearl Harbor posted on Instagram uh, today, you can hear my mouse clicking as I'm trying to expand the post, uh, she posted this very touching uh, comment, and, and I think it summarizes a bit how I feel about her too. So I'll just read this and I'll put a link in the show notes. What, what Pearl said was, when I heard the news of Sinead O'Connor passing this morning, I was surprised at my reaction. I hadn't thought of her in years did not collect her records, never went to her concert, but I felt so sad, so heartbroken. Why? Because she was fearless, brave, controversial, beautiful, outspoken, wise, a warrior, a champion for good causes, and a true rebel. Thank you, Sinead O'Connor, for sharing your difficult life with us and not caring what people thought when you spoke your truth. I wish I was brave enough to be like you. Rest in peace, Sinead, and sincere condolences to your family and friends. That struck me when I read that today. Uh, it struck me very much like my own reaction to Sinead's passing. I, I was, I think, you know, somewhat familiar with her music. Um, and I have thought of her in, in recent years because, as I said, she spent some time in Chicago not that long ago. But in any event... Um, but the, but the gist of it, you know, was it, it hit me, you know, harder than I would have expected because I was not, you know, the I was not an obsessive fan of her music the way I am of other artists, including, of course, The Clash. So um, I, my, my first thought was, oh, this is very, very sad. She's very talented. It's too bad, you know, it's a terrible thing. For someone, especially to pass away that young, 56 years old, that's you know, that's uh, that's a ripoff, you could say. Um, but then, it almost immediately, it hit me much harder than that. You know, just the kind of the, the sadness of it. And I want to talk about that, but I also I want to start out with talking about Sinead O'Connor as an artist, because I don't want to I don't want that piece of it 
to get sort of you know glossed over and all of this or, or pushed to the side. Um, and you know when when we talk about creativity and creative people, I think sometimes we gloss over what creative really means. You know, um, I talked last week about, um, um, not last week, but on the last episode, about uh, Mick Jones' skills as a guitar player, his talent as a guitar player. And he was very much that. You know, he was a very good guitar player. Um, he was also very creative in the sense that I'm going to talk about in a moment. But he was, you know, he was very skilled. But creativity, I think, is so much more than having, you know, a physical gift. There are a lot of people who are talented musicians because, you know, maybe you have perfect pitch and that helps you sing really well. Or you have <clears throat> certain physical abilities. You have the manual dexterity to, to move your fingers up and down a, a fretboard very quickly. And, and um, you're very coordinated so your hands work together. Uh, and so forth. I, I say that in particular because I don't have, <laughs> I don't have those abilities as badly as I would love to. Um, when I play guitar, <clears throat> pardon me. When I play guitar, I often uh, cringe a little bit at my own lack of skill. But you know, that's that's great and that's very helpful if you are also a very creative person. But that's not what creativity is in and of itself. And I, I think creativity is really, um, you know, the ability to think about your art form in a way that's different from the way other people have done it in the past. I mean, all songwriting is creative, and all songwriting is to some degree derivative. Um, and that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with going back to the things that inspire you and making music based on those things. That's, that's certainly creative. doesn't mean you lack creativity. But I think that these artists come along every so often who have just sort of a different vision of what the music can be, what it can sound like, what instruments to use. Um, you know, we certainly saw this with, with for example, hip hop in the in the late '70s and early '80s, and um, you know, definitely with punk rock, although in a, in a very different way. And, and I'll talk about that in a in a moment. But but Sinead O'Connor was definitely someone who heard music, you know, in her head, in a way that was different from really anything that had come before. And I don't think it's a coincidence that her biggest hit was. Uh, her very very unique recording of a Prince song because Prince certainly was that same you know kind of person he certainly had the same kind of creativity um, and you know Prince of course is a great example who combined tremendous physical gifts in terms of his ability to play with this incredible vision for his music and what Prince did and what what Sinead O'Connor did was you know I, I, I think they made something different, something new, something that you had never heard before. Um, and and it's so I think it's not a coincidence that she took this Prince song and created something just incredibly different, uh, you know, from from anything that had come before. Um, you know, there's a, there's a wonderful, wonderful uh, recording of it by Chris Cornell. That's also uh, just, I think, 
brilliant and, and creative in very much the same way, but that is a song, you know, that will always be Sinead O'Connor's song. It reminds me, <laughs> reminds me of Trent Renzer from Nine Inch Nails talking about the Johnny Cash cover of, of the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, and Trent Reznor, I mispronounced his name, basically commented that, um, well, it's his song now. It's not my song anymore. It's Johnny Cash's song. And, you know, you, you could see where he was coming from because of the Johnny Cash cover is so unique. But that was very much the same with the way, um, with the way Sinead O'Connor approached all of her music. And she certainly took that Prince song and made this just this magical sound out of it. And she was, uh, she was so many things, you know, she was an activist, she was very outspoken, all the things that, that Pearl Harbor said in her comments um, on Instagram, but, but she was, I think, um, first and foremost, this just supremely creative individual, and I, I just hope that doesn't get lost. And while, you know, obviously she wasn't a, a punk rocker, she she certainly you know she came from that era and i i would think like the music uh, like the music of the clash and the ramones and so forth influenced uh, bono and the edge and u2 early on living in dublin around the same time that Sinead o'connor was living in dublin um, i would think it would have had an impact on her too and one of the things that i think is so great about punk in general and especially the clash is that you know, that music kind of gave other artists license to, you know, almost start over, like start from scratch and say, all right, we're going to we're going to do a brand new thing now. Because while punk obviously looked backwards towards the traditions of rock music, you know, a lot of punk, I think, and I've said this before, was about tearing it down and rebuilding it so as to get some of that energy that came with you know early rock and roll recapture the rebellious spirit of it and all and all that sort of thing it their way of the, the approach that the Ramones and the Clash and other bands like that had to the music was new and unique and different they were tearing it down tearing down the music and rebuilding it and I just I think that when it came about in the mid to late 70s and into the early 80s when there were a lot of sort of revolutionary ideas about music in general. I think that that just had such a freeing effect on musicians across the spectrum. Um, you know, I don't, again, I, I like to use the phrase, it's not a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence that punk and hip hop evolved sort of simultaneously. You know, Joe Strummer would say, hip-hop picked up where punk left off. I think there's a lot of truth to that, but that's partly because I think the music listening public was not as conscious of hip-hop until after the after punk made a big splash, and then hip-hop became more uh, popular and people became more aware of it, and then, of course, ultimately became far more popular than really any other kind of music. But I think it's important, really, to talk about these artists from this time frame in terms of the way they just created new sounds that were just not there before and and certainly Sinead O'Connor was very much in that vein and really 
really helped to um, free up other artists, you know, just like punk and hip hop told um, uh, rock and roll and, and, and R&B musicians that they could do new things and that they didn't have to be tied down to the old rules. Some of these other really innovative artists of the time, and Sinead O'Connor's prominent in that, in that vein, um, you know, told future artists that they didn't have to uh, be tied down. I saw uh, a video this morning of Pink and Brandy Carlisle doing a, a version of Nothing Compares to You in honor of Sinead O'Connor, and, and it, it seems to me very much to be the case that she, you know, she inspired this whole generation, or maybe multiple generations of women who came after her to be just outspoken and, um, you know, bold and fearless, and also to really create their own, their own thing. But I also want to talk about, you know, sort of the other, I don't know, sort of challenging aspect of talking about her passing. Um, and, and first and foremost, I want to say, I'm not going to speculate about her, her death and the cause of her death. I don't think anyone should. I saw this morning, and again, I'm, as I'm recording it, it's, this is July 27th, I saw this morning a BBC article that said that the local police do not consider the circumstances of her death to be suspicious, right? So let's, you know, let's not speculate about it and let's sort of move past um, that, that topic. But it is, you know, I think I think we have to sort of talk about, when you talk about Sinead O'Connor, about some of her struggles over the years, um, and in particular, I have to open the door and let a cat into my office while I'm recording because she would not be denied. She is now stretching and walking around the room, so if you hear the cat crying, you'll know why. But. Um, Sinead O'Connor was very open and honest and forthright about some of her mental um, issues and mental health struggles, and I think that's really important. Again, this, I'm gonna I want to separate that issue from the circumstances of her passing. And as I say, the only thing I've seen is is this report that says the police do not consider it to be suspicious. So that we need to talk about it separately from her passing, but. Her struggles were, you know, a fundamental part of her of her life, but also of her public persona over the past, uh, you know, past couple of decades, really. And I don't think it is. I don't think it's um, wrong. I don't think it's disrespectful uh, to talk about that honestly. And I, I, in fact, I think it's kind of important to talk about that honestly because that's who she was, and. She, you know, she showed an incredible amount of strength by talking about her, her struggles and her difficulties and her treatment, you know, her, the fact that she sought help. Um, one of the things that I thought about immediately when I heard that she had passed away was like, you know, irrespective of, of how she passed away, it just seems so unfair that she never really seemed to find uh, a sort of a lasting peace. That, you know, 
she talked about getting treatment and how it helped and how things were still difficult, but she never really got to the point, it seems, and I shouldn't speak for her, but this is my impression, that she never got to the point where she had just this sort of, you know, stretch of, of time where she felt peace. And that's very sad to me because she was a fighter. She was a fighter in all things, you know, from her... Um, standing up to the Catholic Church over the child sex abuse scandal before most uh, Catholics were really prepared to confront it. And I say this as someone who was you know, born and raised a Catholic and is half Irish, so I, I, you know, I share some uh, ethnic and religious upbringing with her in some sense. But from her fearlessness and standing up for the rights of children who were who were abused in different um, ways, uh, to her being very open and honest about her um, her struggles with mental health. I think she was just a tremendously strong person, and I feel like, you know, if there's justice in the world, someone like that deserved, um, you know, a, a period of time in their lives where they just had peace, and they and they and they could you know, get through not days, not months, not weeks, but, but years without necessarily having to, to deal with these things. And so she was sort of robbed of that. And I, I feel like, you know, that's really an unfair thing. And I think that's one of the things that I've really been, been you know, may, maybe struggling with in a way is to just think about the unfairness of someone who's done so much for the world and who was willing and had the strength to be very public about her <clears throat> pardon me her struggles and her you know attempts to to get help right um, that does so much positive good in the world because so many of us have you know confronted similar problems in life and, <clears throat> and um, I'm not getting emotional I just uh, I just uh, swallow a little crumb the wrong way but you know so many of us, have faced these kind of things and to know that there are people out there who um, have gone through it who are going to talk about it and who you know fight hard to remove the stigma from all of this that that's really amazing uh, she didn't owe it to anybody to talk about these things publicly or to share those struggles publicly she didn't owe it to anybody but she did it I, I believe because she knew that it would help other people um, and, and I think it undoubtedly must have. There, there undoubtedly have to have been people who are inspired by what she said and her willingness to be public about it that, um, you know, uh, they found the strength to get, to get help and to sort of overcome the inertia that settles in when you're dealing with struggles related to mental health and you know that there are ways to get help, but it's so hard to get up off the couch, <laughs> get up off of your desk chair, whatever it is, pick up the phone, go online. It's so hard to overcome that inertia and take those first steps. And when someone who's very prominent, very well-known, also I think it helps that she was very outspoken. When someone like that is public and honest and forthright about the things they've gone through, I think it helps other people overcome that inertia. I've talked from time to time about, you know, how I became 
a fan of the Clash and why they were important to me. And one of the things that I mentioned was that they were um, my one of my brother John's favorite bands. My brother John passed away some years ago, and um, but I, I haven't really talked a whole lot about um, the circumstances of his passing and thinking about the things that Sinead O'Connor has been through and how she kind of inspired people and how open she was. I just want to share this, and I don't share it to be maudlin. Um, bear in mind that this happened a long time ago, so it's not like something that is you know, haunting uh, me to this day or that sort of thing. But my, my brother took his own life, and, um, you know, it's an incredibly hard thing mentally to deal with uh, the suicide of someone who's close to you. Um, and one of the things that I always thought about, you know, after my brother passed away was, it's not like, uh, it's not like he gave up. The reality is actually very much the opposite. He fought and fought hard and he did the things that he should have done. You know, he got help and he, tried to do all the things that his, his doctors uh, told him to do and so forth. And ultimately, the disease won. And, you know, that's how I've looked at it all my life. And so I was never mad at my brother. I was never, um, I never thought poorly of him because of it. Instead, I thought he's somebody who fought really, really hard and like the same thing that happens with other kinds of diseases. You fight, sometimes you win, but a lot of times, you know, with particularly challenging diseases, you lose. And so that's what happened. The, the disease ultimately beat him, but not because he gave up. He fought it, and he fought it, and he fought it, and it finally got the better of him. And, you know, whatever happened with Sinead's passing, I'm not going to speculate about, but she was a fighter her whole life. And I had forgotten this, um, but I read about it yesterday when I was reading about, about her passing that, you know, she lost a son to suicide. It was, I believe, a teenager. And, you know, I mean, my God, I, I, I just can't imagine it's one thing to lose a sibling, but to lose a child is something entirely different. I mean, I, you know, my siblings and I had to watch my mother literally place her hand on my brother's coffin and, and say goodbye for the last time. And when you see a mom or, or any parent go through that, you know, it changes you. It changes your perception of the world. It changes, you know, it just changes you. And so I, I just can't imagine what, um, you know, Sinead went through, uh, just like I couldn't imagine what my mother went through. Um, but she kept fighting, and she kept um, working on it. And again, to me, that's the thing to take away from, from her uh, struggles with mental health. And then the last thing I want to say about this is that when you hear about people who've gone through these sorts of things um, I think what what it is in some ways is it's sort of a challenge to us to say all right we have some responsibility if Sinead O'Connor can be very very public about her struggles if people like my brother could 
fight and fight and fight, even though it ultimately beat him in the end. We have an obligation to take a hard look at ourselves and to ask, you know, do we need help? And what can we do? You know, obviously not everybody has mental health struggles, but more people do than are willing to admit it. And I think that, um, I think we have an obligation to say, okay, people have have, um, been in similar situations to ours and they found the strength to take the steps that they need to take to get some help. It's not easy. It doesn't always work. You can, for example, you know, go on a medication, it might work for a while, and then it's not as effective over time. And that can be a very frustrating experience. Or, you know, you might have to try multiple different approaches. And my philosophy is I'm not going to tell anybody what to do, but I do think you should get you know, if you, if you need to, talk to doctors, talk to healthcare professionals. Don't just say, well, all you need to do is go take a walk in the woods, or all you need to do is get more exercise or more sleep. All those things are great. They will probably help you. <laughs> but for people who really struggle with mental illness, you know, it's a medical condition, and you need um, to think about what the alternatives are in terms of medical treatment and medical health. It doesn't mean everybody needs to be on medication. It doesn't mean everybody needs to go to therapy, but but don't be closed-minded about it and don't assume it's something that you can fight on your own. And I think we all have a kind of a responsibility to take care of ourselves and to do the things that we need to do. And of course, not just for ourselves, but obviously for the people around us too. But she did that, you know, and, and um, it's it's a terribly sad thing that she was ultimately deprived of, you know, finding peace. But, but she was a, just a strong individual who did a remarkable, um, did a remarkable thing by putting herself out there and being so open and honest about it. And so I hope that anybody listens to this, and, I, and I'll tell you, I will do the same. I will take my own advice. I will take stock, take a hard look at where I'm at and what I need, but I hope other people will do that too because, um, you know, we should, it's a terrible tragedy when someone who's really an admirable person who did so many great things, it's a terrible tragedy when they pass away. But we shouldn't just let that go and just say, oh, gee, it's, it's really sad, and then move on with their lives. We should, like, think about it. Think about the implications in our own life and maybe you know, maybe have that be the inspiration, like I said, to overcome that inertia that so often prevents people from from actually getting help. So I did not get around um, to talking about The Clash today. <laughs> did not get around to talking about that dumb Jason Aldean song, but I promise you I, I will not let that go without commenting. I hope, um, I hope you enjoyed the show, although it's not really one that would necessarily be enjoyable given that given the um, topics, but I, I hope, you know, maybe you, this provided some outlet for people's um, emotional reaction to her passing and, and um, maybe will inspire some folks to, to um, try to move forward and, and maybe get some help that they need. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any thoughts, please uh, feel free to leave a comment below the post, and I will try to... Uh, comment you know back on on future episodes address those on future episodes but thanks for listening 
Um, we'll be back again next week. Um, have a great week in the meantime, and I will talk to you soon.